welcome to the Fantasy Feast, a podcast for the literally literary fantasy file. It's a difficult word to say. Uh, <laughs> my name is Curtis. My name is Cajun. And uh, we are covering Chapter 7 of Theft of Swords this week, Jondal Fields. Um, it was a great read, I'm not going to lie. What do you think, Cajun? Yeah, it really, really was. I think my favorite part of the chapter is that we finally get um, some dueling action from yeah. Adrian. And it's yeah, not, it's... it's not, uh, I guess a, a real fight, but it's a, it's a spar match between him and one of the characters that we meet later uh, in this chapter, but it was fun. You know, it's yeah, finally, it's we finally got to see kind of the, the craftsmanship and the skill that he has in, uh, in swordsmanship. So, yeah, I think we're going to read that scene because it's every time I get to that point, this part in the series, I have to reread it just because it's so awesome. Patreon's yeah, fun sure. to watch fight for sure. Or read I like the way he writes it. Anyways, we'll get into that right now. It is Sunday night. We are talking amidst. I mean, it's a good thing that we can do this remotely, right? Because the world is in panic. Um, it's true. How's uh, how's uh, quarantine treating you? It's not bad. My life hasn't really changed. I work in a hospital, so I have to go to work. <laughs> you work but, at home, so you have to go to work. You know, mm -hmm. it's just, it just hasn't changed yeah. much for me, except for school. School went online, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Uh, we, we our lifestyle hasn't changed really much at all, besides not visiting family ever. Yeah. Um, my brother lives like across the street from me and he's always inviting me over and stuff. And I'm like, Nope, I can't come over. Sorry. I don't want to risk my, my poor wife and our unborn child. So <laughs> kind of sucks. Anyways, back to the, back to the real, the real stuff here we have, we start with, uh, who is it? It's, uh, it's the, our little party of Hadrian Royce and Alric and Myron. And Myron. Mm -hmm. So the four of them have horses. They just got through the bad night before mm -hmm. where there was an attempt on Alric's life. Alric was yep. real shook. And I think at that point, they ask, he asks where they're going. Hadrian asks where they're going. And um, he says, we're going to see the Pickerings. Mm -hmm. And we learned about Count Pickering earlier on because his sword was the sword that they were going to steal initially. So mm -hmm. we already know a tiny bit about it. We know that Count Pickering is the greatest swordsman in the in the land, right? Mm -hmm. Well, second. Oh, second. Because he lost uh, to Percy Braga, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's true. And but Percy he didn't Braga, have his sword. He didn't have his mystic sword. His right. rapier, yeah. Mm -hmm. So... so. We're going to the famed Pickerings, and they're famous for sword, mm -hmm. sword, sword fighting. That's what they're yeah. claim to fame is. So they go and they go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say there. So we we just find them heading to this land. I'm kind of going over, making sure we don't miss any details. But essentially, they nothing really happened. I mean, they do talk about history of Drondo Fields. I don't really know how important that is. So when I was reading it initially, I was like, eh, 
I mean, it's kind of cool, the history, but also all these people are dead. So like the, the Kings that they're talking about and the, and some of the stories that go along with them. Yeah. I think it's, it's kind of important to note, like these, some of these people are mentioned again, like Glenn Morgan, the third, I think uh, okay. is mentioned again. We hear of Tolan Essendon a couple times. Um, I think it's funny that, that Myron is so enthralled by seeing his first women. <laughs> they they um, do see another girl on the road. There was a little little to see until the sun rose. Then a few workers began to appear. An older man drove an ox cart filled with milk and cheese. Farther down the lane, a younger girl carried a basket of eggs. Myron watched her intently as they passed by, and she she looked up at him, smiling self-consciously. He's just <laughs> staring. Don't stare, Myron, Hadrian told him. They will think you're up to something. They're even prettier than horses. <laughs> uh, he loves horses so much. He but does. Apparently, girls are more more pretty. I wouldn't tell them that, Adrian says. Uh, so they finally see uh, a castle, but it's nothing like Essendon Castle. It's like a huge fortress. It's mm-hmm. a five-pointed star, and it Hadrian comments on how impenetrable it looks. Mm-hmm. This is a really good design. Yeah, because apparently, so they say it's the strongest fortress in Melangar, and apparently with that five-pointed star, there's no way that somebody could basically ascend the the wall because mm-hmm. of how it's shaped. So there's guards, you know, I'm assuming there's guards on each wall, multiple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no blind there's spot. No, yeah, there's no blind spot in on the wall. So that, that's kind of a cool thing to think about. Yep, and uh, apparently this P- Pickering's name used to be Pickerlinon. Yeah. Uh, Pickerlinon. Yep, Pickerlinon. Wow, what a name. And Cedric's son was the one who shortened his name to Pickering. Cedric Pickerlinon. Ugh, yucky. Nope. So, uh... Yeah, they go into a little bit of history of the castle, why why they're not there anymore, why the capital of the uh, country isn't there anymore. Um, and they they kind of talk about how over the years after no war, they started to use um, they made like they put in like some a, an apple tree grove and some other things that would be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Alric basically goes into, um, see, you know, speaking with Myron and uh, Royce and Hadrian, just saying, you know, his family's always been close to the Pickerings. Um, and that's when we he introduces the three sons of Count mm-hmm. Pickering to us, um, Mavin, Fanon, and Denik. Yep. I think Mavin being the oldest, then Fanon, then Denik being the youngest. Yeah, and they have a little um, conversation about, about that, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, and we'll be introduced to them shortly. So it's he's really just kind of telling them that his family's close and that they spent a lot of time together during certain events. And this guard, this overweight guard, is at the doors, and he says, "Here now, hold on there." His weapon isn't even on like his body it's at his side he's not even holding he's holding a pastry and a glass of milk <laughs> and 
He says, where do you think you're going riding up in here as if you, this were your fall retreat? And Alric pulls back his head and he drops his milk and his pastry. I'm, I'm sorry, your highness. I had no idea you were coming today. No one said anything to me. Is the rest of the royal family coming as well? And uh, he just goes past him. He doesn't even... Doesn't yeah, he says, says nothing. This guard's just like... Had his day made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so he feels. I feel like the guard thinks he's in trouble, but I don't Maybe, or that. Yeah, yeah, that was the vibe I got. Anyways, he's got an assignment. He has no time to chair chatter with people. Mm-hmm. But um, after that, they they go into. Um, let's see. They they actually go into the the town, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a really pretty just well-kept um place you know there it talks about the courtyard being very nice trimmed bushes um, prune trees colorful banners of green and gold um so this place is very different than the ascendant castle you know this is yeah an actual kingdom and I, I like that it's descriptive while they're going in because you i don't know you can almost tell that the pickerings are just more um, established maybe and just may uh i don't know maybe maybe more a little bit more wealthy i would assume right than the king then these i don't think we've ever really seen the the, the king the king's cat like we haven't had the king's castle described to us in detail before in their keep um have we but wasn't well wasn't the ascendant castle that no i guess so Essendon, Maybe so we this, haven't. Is, this is just a castle by itself out in the countryside. Mm-hmm. And Essendon Castle is like in the middle of Medford, which is an actual city. Okay. Right. So Medford has this, Essendon Castle has this sprawling city with all the different quarters. They got the artisan, the, um, the artisan quarter, the merchant quarter, one other quarter in the lower quarter. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yep. so it's like an actual city, whereas this is just a castle with a courtyard. Uh, yeah. Okay. So there's like a wall inside this courtyard going into the, they just walked. So basically the, the guard was guarding the, the gates to the, the fortress itself. And now they're oh, inside okay. the fortress and there's like a back blacksmith shed uh, and uh, there's a beefy man, a beefy man hammering glowing rail of metal, and two young men sparring with swords in the open yard. Each of them wore a helm and carried a small heater shield. A third sat with his back to the keep steps. He was using a slate and a bit of chalk to score the match. Shield higher, Fannin, a taller figure shouted. And this is where they're introduced to the Pickering Sons. So it looks like Mavin and Fannin are fighting each other. And Fan asks, what about my legs? I won't be going after your legs. I won't, don't want to lower my sword and give you the advantage, but you need to keep the shield high to deflect a downstroke. That's where you're vulnerable. If I hit you hard enough and you aren't ready, I can drive you to your knees. Then we'll go, what good will your legs be? I listened to him, Fan, and Ulrich yelled toward the boy. Moffin's an ass, but he knows his parries. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, they freak out. Ulrich, and they run over and give him a hug, and mm-hmm. 
he says, why are you here? And what are you dressed up as? Because he's still in these awful clothes. He hasn't had a shower or bath or any kind of, <laughs> like, his face is all beat up. You look frightful. Did you ride all night in your face? Did you fall? I have some bad news. I need to speak to your father immediately. I like this part. <laughs> They're like, well, no one wants to wake him up. He's awfully crankly, cranky in the mornings. He says, this can't wait. So Mavin asks, uh, he's like, something happened, hasn't it? And he makes Denik go wake father. And he says, he shakes his head. I'm not going to be the one. <laughs> and he starts towards him. I I have older siblings and I have younger siblings. Um, so I am an older brother and I have an older brother. And the, uh, the, when Mavin started toward his brother, I just feel that on a personal level. <laughs> I've been both on the receiving end of that and the giving end of that. So it's there totally, you go. I could totally imagine him just like, oh, I'm going to get you if you don't do it. Yep. Do it now, he shouted, scaring the boy into running for the keep. What is it? What's happened? Um, and he asks if any word has reached them from Medford. And Mavin says, not that I know of. And uh, basically yeah. tells him that the king is dead. And Mavin and Alric are... Not Mavin. Mavin and Thanon are pretty, pretty shook, too, by this. <laughs> They don't really even know how long it's been because of the Gutaria prison deal. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, they, I mean, this, the Pickering family has no idea what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like they said, there are no, no writers, no dispatches had come. Um, and then that's when, this is when Count Pickering comes out. Yeah. So, okay. And, uh, so, the uh, he's he's a slim middle-aged man, hooked nose, well-trimmed, prematurely gray beard, and he's dressed in a gold and purple robe. Um, and his wife Belinda comes up behind him. Mm, Belinda, Hadrian took advantage of <laughs> sun blindness to chance a long look. She was just as lovely as rumor held. The countess was several years younger than her husband, with a slender, stunning figure and golden, long golden hair, which spilled across her shoulders in the way he would she would never normally show in public. Hadrian now understood why the Count guarded her jealously. Oh my, Myron says to Hadrian. <laughs> I don't even think of horses when I look at her. This <laughs> <laughs> mounts and it's says, hilarious. I share your feelings, my friend, but trust me, that's one woman you really don't want to stare at. Yeah. Oh man, the last thing Myron needs is to be challenged to a duel. Exactly. So then... So Tell then, uh, you know, he, Auric, Auric tells Count Pickering that King Amrath has been murdered. And, uh, you know, Pickering obviously has no idea. He's shocked by this. Um, and then he, um, Auric says a traitor stabbed him in the back while he was at prayer. And then, you know, Pickering asks who. And he says, my uncle, Archduke and Lord Chancellor Percy Braga. Mm -hmm. Um, and then this is when they they uh, have a private meeting with Count Pickering. Yeah, yeah they go into the castle to meet privately, and um, we're left with Royce and Hadrian and Myron uh, mm -hmm. to go to the kitchens. There they with met Ella, Ella the yep. cook. What a nice lady! Oh, she's <laughs> really nice. Oh, I love her. I love her. She's so funny. 
So she brought wave upon wave of eggs, soft powder pastries, fresh sweet butter, steaks, bacon, biscuits, pepper, potatoes, and gravy. I'm hungry now. A jug of apple cider. Nice, there is. Apple pie made from maple mm. They ate their fill, and uh, Ella seemed fascinated by that Myron has never seen a woman. <coughs> never seen a woman before today, love. Alas, my reaching the last of his pie, he was eating heartily in the first ring of apples and crust around his mouth. You're the first one I've ever spoken to. Really? I'm mm-hmm. so honored. It's been a, I, it's, I haven't been a man's first in years. <laughs> uh, Myra doesn't know what that means. No, he, he has no idea. You've got lovely hope. It looks very sturdy. Oh my gosh, Myron. <laughs> She laughed. It's not mine, Ducky. <laughs> I just work here. It belongs to the nobles, like all the nice places do. Us normal folk, we live in sheds and shacks and fights over what they throw away. We're sort of like dogs that way, aren't we? Of course, I ain't complaining. Pickerings aren't bad lots. Not, not as snooty as some of the other nobles who think the sun rises and falls because it pleases them. The Count won't even have a chambermaid. He doesn't let no one help him dress him, either. I've seen him fetch water for himself more than once. He's downright daft, that one. His boys take after him, too. You can see it in the way they saddle their own horses. That Fannin? Why, just the other day I seen him swinging a smith's hammer. He was having Vern show him how to mend a blade. Now I ask you, how many nobles do you see trying to learn the blacksmith trade? Can I get anyone a cup, another cup of cider? So I like this I like this little description that Ella gives of the Pickerings. It gives us a good idea um, that these nobles aren't nobles that like are bad people. They seem like yeah. they're fair. They treat their servants well. Uh, they don't, they don't, um, they're not unnecessary, unnecessarily like mean or rude to their servants. They seem like great, great people, you know? Yeah. I really, I really liked hearing that. Uh, and you can just tell like this place is very pleasant for everybody. Nobody looks poor and starved, you know. Every it's just all looks very neat. Everybody was happy, you know. <laughs> we never we didn't meet any beggars or any crap, you know. People who were just kind of on the streets, mm-hmm. looking looking torn up, you know. It's just a very pleasant place. Yeah, and now we get a little bit about Lanier, who's the daughter. Lanaire, now she takes after her mother. They're a pair they are. Both are pretty pretty as a rose and smell just as sweet, but they do has their thorns. The temper those two have is frightful. The daughter is worse than the mother. She used to train with her brothers and was beating the stuffing out of the fanon until she discovered she was a lady and they don't do such such things. So it sounds like Lanaire is a little fireball too. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> So it's important. I think it's it's interesting too that she was she um she used to train with her brothers too. So she used to train in swordsmanship as well before she discovered she was lucky, apparently. Yeah, and that's kind of interesting because we have we have Arista who was like training to be a witch, a mage, mm-hmm. so to speak, and she wasn't supposed to. Now we have Lanaire who was training, you know, it's just kind of cool. We have two princesses who mm-hmm. are <laughs> kind of going against the the grain you know against the flow yeah, here kind of stepping out of their social roles 
yeah, so I, I, I'm kind of hoping that I mean, we've already seen Arista kind of on doing some magic, but I'm, I'm hoping that we can kind of see both of them doing some cool things here. Yeah, maybe maybe down the line we will see Lanair maybe perform some swordsmanship. Maybe. Yeah, it would be cool. <clears throat> we'll see. Honestly, I don't think Lanair has that big a part in the story, but um, yeah, we might we might get to see something like that. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Myron's eyes closed and his head dropped and he fell off the chair. He's so tired. They're all so tired. When he gets yeah. up. He's really embarrassed and uh, they sh- and Ella sets them up in the back. <laughs> Let me set you up in the back before the ha- that chair bucks you off again. Myron hung his head and, s- hung- and said quietly, "I have the same problem with horses." <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I can't Myron. say that. Myron is my favorite. He's a funny guy. <clears throat> He's just the best. He so is. Innocent. Can't so. Help now we get into um, Ulrich, and we're we're at this meeting, and he's kind of um, he. So he leaves the meeting, and he's kind of just going through the corridors of the castle, and he's kind of he's alone now, and he hasn't been alone for days. Yeah, since he got kidnapped. Uh, yeah, essentially, and even since when he was kidnapped, I mean, even before that, even yeah, before yeah. that, so. Anyway, so he's finally alone, and he's like, we can kind of get the feeling that he is finally kind of just taking all of this in, you know? Mm-hmm. He's yeah. He felt as though he was caught up in the current of a river, whisked along by the events unfolding around him. You know, now it was time to take control of his destiny. Um, so he's he's just kind of looking at the layout of the um, structure around him, and um, oh, let's see it kind of goes into the he's kind of comparing the Ascendant Castle with the Drondale Fields mm-hmm. um, and he's he's pretty, just going through memories I'm sure you know because he spent quite a bit of time here and we know that mm-hmm. um, and then I, I believe let's see oh he, he, he he's not talking with Mobbin yet but he's going through memories and he um, he's going through a memory where he's talking to Mavin and he's saying, sure. Um, let's see. I'll be King. You'll have to bow to me and do as I say. Um, because it's because they would have mock battles and, uh, and both of them, both of them are princes. So it's just kind of fun to see like, kind of more of his childhood and how how it was and stuff yeah oh i think we missed a little a little a little paragraph that's um kind of important towards the beginning of the chapter Mm -hmm. um so alric and hadrian are talking um about the pickerings on their way and uh My family has always been close to the Pickerings. There's no direct blood relation, but Mavin, Fanna, and Denik have always been like my brothers. We almost always spent Wintertide and Summer's rule with them. I'll bet the other nobles aren't too happy about that, Roy said, particularly those who are actually our blood relatives. Alric nodded. Nothing has ever come of their jealousies, though. No one would dare challenge a Pickering. 
They have a legendary family tradition with swords. Rumor has it that Cedric learned the ancient art of Tech Chin from his the last living member of the Knight's Order of of the Fald. Who? Hadrian asked. The way I heard it, the way Mavin told me, was that they they were a post-imperial brotherhood who tried to preserve at least part of the ancient skills of the Teshlor Knights. Who were they? Teshlors? Hollerick glanced over and looked at him stunned. The Teshlors are the greatest warriors who ever lived. They once guarded the Emperor himself, but I guess like everything else, their techniques were lost with the fall of the Emperor. Empire. Still, what Cedric learned from the Order of the Fald, and I guess it was just a tiny fraction of what the Teshlors knew, made him a legend. That knowledge has been faithfully passed from father to son for generations, and this, that secret gives the Pickerings an uncanny advantage in combat. So, that I, I wanted to go back and, and hit that because it comes up. Yeah, we, yeah, we definitely forgot that. Yeah, so they have this piece of Teshler combat knowledge called the Tech Chin. Tech Chin. Which basically, that one tiny piece of Teshler knowledge makes them impossible to beat at sword fighting, which is yeah. kind of crazy. If that, if they only have that one like tiny bit, and imagine what a full, fully trained Tesla knight could do, right? Yeah, serious. So, yeah, back to where we were. So, uh, Alric is kind of wandering around the keep, the keep, and he's just talking about, yeah, he's talking to Fanic and and Fanon and and Mothin, and they'd always have these mock battles. The Pickerings would always win, but he would come out and play the trump card of I'll be king someday. Mm-hmm, yep. So, and he never really, it never occurred to him that his father would have to die for that to happen. Yeah. He had no really, no idea what being king really meant. And he keeps repeating the phrase, I am king now. So yeah, you get, mm-hmm. the, you get the idea that the weight of the world is really landing on his shoulders now. He's really starting to feel it. Um, and he had always planned like great adventures with Mavin and Fanon, and uh, they were going to go to Persepolis, and he was going to find the heir of the Novron's old old crown, because that's what's important to him, right? He's a king, he's a prince, so he was like interested yeah. in the crown. And the Pickerings were going to try and figure out the lost ways of the Teshlors, mm-hmm. because that's what they're interested in. They're sword fighters, right? So. They both wanted to go find Persepolis, even though uh, it's considered heresy <laughs> to go to Persepolis. The church will punish you to, if you tra- ever go to Persepolis, which is interesting. Why would the church care, right? No, it's true. Perhaps something is hidden there. Yeah, so it's their old dream, but he kind of is realizing that that's never going to happen now. Um, mm-hmm. no one knows where the lost city is and it's considered heresy even to search for the ancient capital of the old empire still wake, walking with walking the fabled halls of Persepolis was probably the boyhood dream of every youth in Apelidorn, which is the world for, for Alric though his adolescence was over I am king now yeah so he kind of talks about his father and how being king is almost like a prison sentence yeah. And he wondered how his father felt about it. That's why he never asked him about it. Or they never he never got advice about it. 
and now it's all too late. So he's having regrets. Yeah. Yep, so I'll just kind of rush into him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he kind of just is wandering around alone with his thoughts, and he wishes he could disappear. That's the end of his little his little yep. bit. <clears throat> and now we get into the fa- my favorite part of the chapter. Mm-hmm. I love this part. So Hadrian had wandered in the courtyard, and he wakes up to the clashing of metal, and he, he found like a, a sunny spot to nap in. He wakes up, and he sees that the Pickering boys are fighting again. It's like all they do is sort of I know. That's what, <laughs> that literally is. It's funny. Right back to it. You know, I guess if you're uh, living in medieval times and sword fighting is like the super skill you use to make money, then yeah. why not, right? Like, that's what yeah, you do. I guess they, I guess they don't have much else to do. <laughs> yeah. It's not so, like they have to work. No, yeah, they're just out there sword fighting, getting good with the blade. Yeah. <clears throat> and we get this lovely scene where Mavin and Fanon are fighting again. <laughs> Come at me again, Fanon, Mavin ordered, his voice muffled by his helm. Why, you're just going to whack me again? You have to learn. I don't see why, Fanon protested. It's not like I'm a pl- planning a life in the solid a soldiery or the tournaments. I'm the second son. I'll end up at some monastery stacking books. Second go- sons don't go to abbeys. Third sons do. Uh, gives a grin to Denick. Oh, geez. What a jerk. That's such a brother thing to do. I feel like Michael Sullivan had brothers. For sure. Second sons are the spares. You'll be trained. You've got to be trained and ready in case I die from some rare disease. I love that. <laughs> uh, he's like, no one's going to kill me. I'm 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 going to be invincible in combat. So the only thing that's going to kill me is some rare disease. <laughs> yeah, so pretty, pretty boastful. If I don't, you'll get to roam the lands, fending for yourself. That means a life of mercenary. As a mercenary, you're on the tournament circuit. If you're lucky, you'll land a post as a sheriff, a marshal, or a master at arms for some earl or duke. These days, it's almost as good as a landed title, really. Still, you won't get those jobs as long as a mere or last long as a merc or a swordsman unless you know how to fight. Now come at me again, and this time pivot, step, and lunge. And Hadrian walks over to him. And he sits down next to Denik and kind of has a conversation with him. And Denik's like, I don't want to go to a mercenary. Or, no, I don't want to go to a mon- monastery. Yeah, he says, I hear you're monastery bound. I'm not, he shouted. Going to the monastery, I mean. I can fight as well as Fanon. Uh... Uh, that's so good. I wouldn't yeah, be surprised, yeah. Adrian said. Fanon is flat-footed and his balance is off. He's not going to improve much either because Mavin <laughs> is favoring his right and rocks back on his left too much. <laughs> so he's picking apart their swordsmanship oh. as they're fighting. And Denik, what does Denik say here? Denik grins at Hadrian and turns to his brother. Hadrian says you both fight like girls. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what's oh that? Robin said, wacky aside fanon's oh, attack. Man. Oh, uh, nothing, Adrian said, trying I, to I love how he said, I love how Hadrian, like, just comes up, because I think Hadrian wants to fight as well, because yeah. he's like, you know, he probably remembers being in their shoes, learning and stuff, so 
I think he's kind of wanting to teach him a lesson here, which is kind of fun. Either that or he just likes <laughs> I think think he wants to just do it because he hasn't. I mean, I I guess he got to kill or uh, fight fight and kill some of those guards back there. But other than that, he's probably itching for a good fight. (laughs) Which guards? The guard, the ones who kidnapped uh, Thoric. It's not guards. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the mercenaries. Whoever they were, yeah. <clears throat> so so then so Marvin says so you think you can beat me in a duel and then uh, he says he no says, it's not that yeah mm-hmm. I was just explaining I didn't think Denig here would have to go to the monastery <laughs> oh my god <laughs> because we fight like girls Fanon added no no nothing like that give him your sword Marvin told Fanon Fanon threw his sword at Hadrian it dove point down in the sod not more than a foot before his feet Hilt swayed back and forth like a rocking horse. You're on the thieves. You're one of the thieves Alric told us about, aren't you? Mavin swiped his hand, his sword deftly through the air in a skillful manner that he had not used in his mock battles with his brother. Despite this great adventure you all have been on, I don't recall Alric mentioning your great prowess with a blade. Well, he probably just forgot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! So humble. You are, you are aware of the legend of the Pickerings. Your family is known to be skillful with swords. So you have heard. My father is the second best swordsman in Avron. He's the best, Denik snapped. He would he would have beaten if he wouldn't he would have beaten the Archduke if he had his sword, but he had to use a substitute, which was too heavy and awkward. Denik, how many times do I have to tell you, when speaking of one's reputation, it does not boost your position to make excuses when you lose a contest. The Archduke won the match. You need to face that fact. So, that's a pretty good attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of context, contests, why don't you pick up that blade and I'll demonstrate the tech chin for you. Hadrian <laughs> <laughs> picked up the sword and stepped onto the dirt. Dirt ring where the boys had been fighting. He made a feint followed by a stab, which Mavin easily deflected. Try again, Mavin said. Hadrian tried a slightly more sophisticated move. This time he swung right, then pivoted left and cut upward to Mavin, toward Mavin's thigh. Mavin moved with keen precision. He anticipated the feint and knocked the blade away once more. You fight like a street thug, Mavin commented. That's because what that's because that's what he is. Royce assured him as he approached from the direction of the keep. A big dumb street thug. No one saw an old woman batter him senseless with a butter churn a butter churn. He shifted his attention to Hadrian. Now, what have you gotten yourself into? Looks like this kid will hang you and will hand you a beating. Blared <laughs> <laughs> and glared at Royce. I would remind you that I'm a count's son, and as such, you refer to me as Lord or at least Master, but not Kid. Mm. <laughs> Better watch out, Royce, or he'll be after you next. <laughs> I love how high, light-hearted they are. Like they don't care much for like noble station, you know. No, they and don't. I think that, Probably comes with the uh, the territory of the jobs they do. Yep. Yeah. Because they're always working for nobles, but like at a distance, you know. So they never interact with them one on one, but they are always doing the jobs that the nobles have for them. Yeah. So I imagine that kind of that kind of relationship that they have with them maybe la- uh, loosens the uh, strict 
respect that they might have or have to show to them. So, yeah, he's he's not super mad about it, though. Royce just kind of moves on. Move and move, Marvin moved in now with a rapid step. He caught Hadrian's sword, Hadrian sword hilt to hilt, placed a leg behind him, and threw Hadrian to the ground. You're too good for me, Hadrian conceded as Marvin held that hand to help him to his feet. Try him again, Royce shouted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Royce is encouraging this. Nope. Um, Adrian gave him an irritated look and then noticed a young woman entering the courtyard. It was Lanaire. Okay, so we meet Lanaire here. She wore a long gown of soft gold which nearly matched her hair. She was le- as lovely as her mother and walked over to join the group. Who is this? She asked, motioning at Adrian. Adrian Blackwater, he said with a bow. Well, Mr. Blackwater, it appears my brother has beaten you. It would appear so, Hadrian acknowledged, still dusting himself off. It's nothing to be ashamed of. My brother is a very accomplished swordsman. Too accomplished, in fact. He has a nasty tendency to chase away any would-be suitors. They're not worthy of you, Lanaire. <laughs> Try him again, Roche repeated. There was a perceptible note of mischief in his voice. Shall we? Mavin asked politely with a bow. Oh, please do, Lanaire bade him, clapping your hands in delight. Don't be afraid. He won't kill you. Father doesn't like him to actually hurt anyone. <laughs> Uh, so, Hadrian gives Royce an evil smirk and turns back to face Marvin. This time, he made no attempt to defend himself. He stood perfectly still, holding his blade low. His gaze was cool, and he stared directly into Marvin's eyes. Put up a guard, you fool. At least try to defend yourself. Adrian raised his sword slowly, more in response to Marvin's request than as a move to defend. Marvin stepped with a quick flick of his blade designed to set Hadrian off his footing. He then pivoted around behind the larger man and sought to trip him up once more. Hadrian, however, also pivoted and, swinging a leg, caught Marvin, be- Marvin behind the knees, dropping him to the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't even lift. Uh, his, doesn't even lift his sword. Just nope. pivots and drops him. Freaking trips him. That's it. It's hilarious. Uh, Marvin looked curiously at Hadrian <clears throat> and held him to his feet. Our street thug has some surprises. I see. Marvin muttered with a smile. <laughs> This time, Mavin struck at Hadrian in a fast set of sweeping attacks, most of which were never caught anything but air as Hadrian avoided the stroke. I love it. Hadrian's just, like, dodging. And Mavin's, like, <laughs> yeah. sort of. Uh, Mavin moved in a flurry, his blade traveling faster than the eye could follow. The steel rang now as Hadrian caught the strokes with his blade, parrying them aside. Mavin, be careful! Lernair shouted. The battle rapidly escalated from friendly sparring to serious combat. The strokes moved faster, harder, and closer. The shrill ring of the blades began to echo off the courtyard walls. The grunts and curses became grimmer. The match went on for some time, the two fighting toe-to-toe. Suddenly, Mavin executed a brilliant maneuver. Fainting left, he swung right, following through the stroke and spinning fully around, exposing his back to Hadrian. Seeing his opponent vulnerable, Hadrian made the obvious riposte but Mavin miraculously caught his blade instinctively without seeing it. Pivoting again, Mavin brought his own sword to Hadrian's undefended side. Before he could finish the blow, however, Hadrian closed the distance between them and Mavin's swing ran behind the larger man's back. Hadrian trapped the boy's sword arm under his own and raised his sword to the boy's throat. There was a gasp (laughs) from Mavin's siblings. Royce simply chuckled with sinister relish. (laughs) Royce knew the end. Releasing his grip, Hadrian set Mavin free. How did you do that? Mavin asked. I performed a flawless Vichin flurry against you. It's one of the most advanced maneuvers of the Tech Chin. No one has ever counted it before. Hadrian shrugged. First time for everything, he threw the sword back toward Fanon. It pierced the earth between the boy's feet, unlike the previous time it dove in edge first so the hilt did not swing. 
With his eyes on Hadrian and an expression of awe on his face, Denik returned to turned to Royce and said, "That must have been an awfully wicked old lady and a big." <laughs> I love that. Uh, so good. <clears throat> Just so a what fun, did you think of the super first time fun scene. Yeah, yeah. What did you think? Like reading. I, I really. I really like how he describes every move. So you can almost, I mean, you can picture it clearly in your mind. Um, but you could obviously tell that Hadrian was just playing, you know? Yeah, he's playing games. The entire, yeah, the entire time he was just playing, messing around. It was, it was easy. You know? Yeah. So you get, you get an idea that this guy is legendary, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, no one has ever countered it before, and he's just a regular common dude. Yeah. So they did like it was really fun. There should be no way to counter that move. No way. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Hadrian, and and maybe there of, isn't a way with a blade, but Hadrian straight up just closes a distance super fast and catches his arm between his. Yeah, yeah. It catches the arm, which usually in in a sparring match that probably isn't even possible. You know? <laughs> but people don't is... see it coming, so Oh, yeah, yeah. This is why I think it would be like these scenes like this where you get to actually see Hadrian fight make um, make this book second to none for me. Yeah. Um, like it's his writing, his, the way he writes it, the way he m- makes it so visual. You can see it, you know, in your mind. You can see yeah, you the, can. the attacks, the flurries, the, 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 the sparring. And uh, – I really would love to see, like, to actually watch this in real life. Like, the way he fights is just so elegant, and it's not, and it's so unexpected too. Yeah, it is. And I think if 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 I'm if I'm like just picking up context clues here, he ha- he's fighting with fan and sword, but he still has his swords. Mm-hmm. So he still has a huge sword on his back and two swords on his back. He's fighting with a fourth sword. Yeah. And, and it's not, like, a, not even his. No. No. You know, so he, I mean, it's not like he has, I'm assuming every sword is different weight, different structure, tech, you know, like they're, you just, mm-hmm. you're used to your sword. And obviously we know that because Count Pickering didn't win that duel because he hadn't, he didn't have a sword, you know? Right. Exactly. So it matters. That's what, mm-hmm. I guess what I'm trying to say is it matters and he just picks up some random kids probably not practice great sword, sword practice uh-huh. crappy sword <laughs> just I can't imagine that these count sons are practicing with garbage but like that's true yeah they they're probably I mean there was a blacksmith in the background so I'm assuming the blacksmith probably probably pounds out some nice swords for them to practice with but uh, yeah either way it's not his sword and he can do this. <laughs> mm. So it's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, so good. I would love to see a, like a live action version of that fight or any that fight, would... honestly. Yes, for sure. Hadrian's, um, I, I think that what you were saying before goes back to this as well. Hadrian's prowess in, in combat and martial combat skills extends beyond the sword. Yeah. Like any weapon, if you give it to him, he could fight with it, right? Yep. Even his hands and you know, 
he's a deadly, deadly swords, deadly, deadly fighter, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and I cannot wait to get into more Hadrian fight scenes. There are such good scenes coming, and this just gives you a tiny taste of what you're going to see Hadrian fight when it's a real fight, right? Um, and we get, we get, I think at the end of, is it the end of this one? Yeah, we get another fight scene with Hadrian at the end of this book, or at the end of the first book in this novel, and then we get another really good one at the end of the next book in this, in this novel. So nice. You, you get a few more. They're just so fun to read. They're so fun to read. But he's not invincible, obviously. Um, he's yeah. still a person. He's still human. So if you fight dirty, maybe you could beat him, right? Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to see. Yeah. For sure. So, one of my favorite scenes by far. Every time I every time I read this, I read it twice because it's just super fun. It is the, fun. The shock, the shock that all the Pickerings exhibit mm-hmm. when he defeats him. They're all like just stunned, mm-hmm. and they yeah, all they gasp. Are. I love that they gasp like because <gasps> they know they <laughs> they've never seen this. they've exactly. never seen him fail. Probably you know right. And they've been it's training awesome. their whole lives with this technique, so they know it by heart. So they're all like, oh, this is where he gets him. And at this point, too, they're fighting for real, pretty much. It's not really sparring yeah. anymore. Yeah. So they're probably like, well, Hadrian's probably going to die right here, unfortunately. And then he freaking count- counters it, and they're just shocked. I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, Anyways, it's I awesome. Stop saying that I love it. It's probably annoying to <laughs> too. Um... So Hadrian, so now we go back to Alric, and it's just a little heart heart between Alric and Mavin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they kind of go over some more of their uh, memories, and uh, they're 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 down in this uh, little cellar room where all this all of the uh, wine is stored, and right. they you know they yeah yep store rooms right? uh huh. Yep, yeah, yep, and they're yep. they're kind of talking about how when they were younger they would sneak down there and they would drink a few of them and <laughs> they would just they talk about the next day and yeah and they sick. and they would still they would still get their kills in the hunt and stuff. Um. So then I, I really love this because Mavin you know studies his friend carefully and says you'll make a good king, Alric, and I'm yeah. sure your father would be proud. So. I mean, we know that Mavin is kind of a cocky, cocky little. Uh, I don't know how old he is. Mm-hmm. Probably, I don't know. It doesn't matter. But anyways, Alric's maybe nineteen or twenty. So, yeah, Mavin's probably about probably the same about age. The same age. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of cocky about his sword skills and this and that. You know, he's a noble. You can tell he's a noble, but also he's a good-hearted guy, and he's a fr- he's a good friend. You know. Mm-hmm, he's yeah. saying i'm sure your father would be make you would be proud um <clears throat> and they're just they're talking about I, I think they go over some of the memories you know there he says auric smiled and threw his arms around him you're a good friend i'm sorry we'll never get to uh persepolis or sepulchus now um and then he says, it's all right. Besides, you never know. We might get there someday. <clears throat> and then uh, they leave the storeroom. Um, 
I, I love this. Ulrich dusted off his hands, dirt, his hands, uh, dirt that he picked up from Mavin's back during the embrace, which he, <laughs> which he got from Hadrian. Uh-huh. Um, Is Fam getting so good now that he was able to put you in the dirt? No, it was the thief you brought with you, the big one. Where did you find him? The skill, the skill at sword fighting is unlike anything I've ever seen. It's actually rather <laughs> remarkable. That was funny. <laughs> really? Coming from a Pickering? That's high praise indeed. I'm afraid the Pickering legend won't last long at this rate. Father loses to Percy Braga, and now I get thrown in the dirt by a common ruffian. How long will it be before we are being challenged for <laughs> land and title by other nobles without fear? If your father had his sword that day... Why didn't your father have his sword? Misplaced it, Malvin said. He was certain it was in his room, but in the next morning it was gone. A steward found it later that same day laying somewhere strange. Well, sword or no, I can tell you, Malvin, I think your father is still the best swordsman in the kingdom. And that's a bit of interesting information. Yeah, so it seems like something similar happened last time he fought Percy Braga. A little bit shady. Hmm. Just a bit shady. Some, some... Uh, we know how hanky panky going on there with the sword. We know uh, Percy Braga is not a man of honor, so yep. guarantee he he was up to that sword being lost. <laughs> oh yeah, jeez, what a jerk! So they spent. So now we go back to Royce, Hadrian, and Myron. They spend most of the day napping, um, and then. Hadrian, Den- Denik is following Hadrian around wherever he goes, uh, and he's he he Denik invites invites them the three of them to go to his favorite spot spots to mark watch the marshalling of the troops. So it seems like there is a a um, th- there's a call to arms going on for all the people. So they're gathering armies to go and take back Melendigar from Percy Braga because they're feeling like he's probably going to put up a fight. Yeah. So in the early evening, people began to arrive: groups of knights, barons, squires, soldiers, and a village of officials. And village officials trickled in and formed camps outside the castle. Tall poles bearing the banners of various noble houses stood in the courtyard, signaling their pre- presence in accordance with their sworn duty. By moonrise, eight standards and about 300 men gathered in camps around bonfires. Their tents littered the hillside and extended throughout the orchards. So, yeah, we're starting to get some armies here. Yeah, which was cool. Um, We know that the Pickering, you know, this kind of proves that Pickerings have a lot of influence and power. Um, They've got friends in high places, Mm -hmm. so to say. Well, yeah, he's like their main... He's like Melangar's general, pretty much. Pickering yeah. Is. Pickering is. They're marshalling the troops. Yep. So now we get uh, some, some like, Denik's really excited about it. He kind of gives us a little bit of information about the lords and the different standards. <laughs> and here, here's something else I love. Denik is following Hadrian and Royce now, like a little puppy. Yeah. <laughs> I think I... I can't remember where. I don't. Maybe we already passed it. Maybe we haven't. But it said like they had a new shadow and Denik was following them and befriending them. I just Mm -hmm. that's something. That's just classic little boy. Yep. You know, following like his hero. You know, wanting Uh to be like him and just 
being kind of annoying, can, you know. Anyone can beat Mobbit in a fight is worthy of my attention. It's hilarious. It's so funny. I bet you can shoot a bow real well, don't you, Hadrian? I've been known to hit the forest from the field on occasion. I bet you could outshoot any of Gerald's sons. He's got six, and they all think they're the best marksmen in the province. My father never taught us archery. He said it didn't make sense because we would never be fighting in ranks. He taught us to concentrate on the sword, although I don't know what good it will do me if I'm sent to to a monastery. I'll be stuck doing nothing but reading all day. (laughs) Edmund Byron, actually, there's a great deal more to do than that in an abbey. In the spring, most of your time will be spent gardening. In autumn, there is harvest, preserving, and brewing. Even in winter, there is mending and cleaning. Of course, the bulk of your time is spent in prayer, either communal or in the chapel or silently in the cloister. There is, I think I'd rather be a foot soldier. (laughs) 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 An excited grimace. Or maybe I could join you two and become a thief. It would be a wonderfully exciting life, running all over the world, accomplishing dangerous missions for king and country. You'd think that, wouldn't you, Hadrian Myrd, softly? Oh, it's so good. So yeah, Denik, classic little kid. I he again here. Michael Michael Sullivan does a great job writing the dialogue for a kid, right? Yep. He, the way he talks is just the way a little kid who's enamored by an yep. adult who they saw something who saw they saw that adult accomplish something great, and now they're their hero. It's the exact way you expect. A little boy to to talk, you know. It really is. All right. So now yep. there's a messenger um, that comes in, has a flag of the uh, S- banner of Essendon. So someone comes in the city, and it's a messenger from Medford. They're all looking at each other, puzzled. You know, why would a messenger be coming from Essendon? Mm-hmm. Um, then Fanon comes running up, up to them and says, "There you are. The father has half the castle turned out looking for looking for you." And Hadrian says, "Us?" And he says, "Yes." He wants to see the two thieves in his chambers right away. Uh, Roy uh, Hadrian says, "You didn't steal the silver or anything, did you, Royce?" <laughs> I would bet um, it has more to do with you flirting with the <clears throat> this afternoon, threatening Mavin no. to show off. That was your fault. <laughs> <laughs> nothing like that the princess arista is going to be executed for treason tomorrow morning dun 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 the uh, tension is on oh it's starting to mount isn't it arista's yes, it is. in danger so, so they show up to this large meeting where I think it's hilarious you know they're at this long table in the center of the room um and there sits a dozen men dressed in the finery of nobles, right? Yeah. And I, I love I love this. Hadrian recognized most of the men and uh-huh. can make some good guesses at the identities of those he did not know. Um, these guys, I mean, these are clients of theirs, yeah. past clients. Yeah. And then I love how some of them were even targets. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so they know these guys. And against mm-hmm. them, too. And yeah, it's never just been hilarious. Like- the way they've set up their business is they've never had to personally interact with them. Exactly. But, it's always uh, been, uh, Al- is Albert or Albert? No, Albert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So like, this is probably the first time these guys have seen him. Uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah. So he's like, uncomfortable. 
he's uncomfortable in this situation because like he's done jobs for these people and they've paid him probably pretty handsomely to do that handsomely to do them um, yeah. Ulrich's finally found some good clothes to li- to um, be in and he looks older even just like since less than a day has passed since they last saw him and he looks older now mm. um, have you told them why they were summoned Count Pickering asked, him to, asked his son I told him the princess was to be executed nothing more so Count Pickering has been summoned to Essendon Castle to witness the trial of Arista and he is certain that it won't take long and it won't be hard to convict her and have her burned at the stake. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Blackguard <clears throat> have the kingdom for his own. Yeah, so he said, yeah, to report to Essendon Castle and witness as witness for the immediate trial of Princess Arista on the grounds of witchcraft, high treason, and murder. He has accused her of killing not only Amrath, but also Alric. The Blackguard means to have the kingdom for his own. It's worse than I feared. Ulrich summar- summarized for the thieves. My uncle planned to kill me and my father and then blame both the murders on Arista. He will execute her and take the kingdom for his sel- himself. No one will be the wiser. He'll fool everyone into thinking he-, he is the great defender of the realm. I'm sure his plan will work. Even I was suspecting her only a few days ago. And yeah, Pickering says it's true. She's long been rumored to ha- possess magical powers. It won't be hard to find her guilty. People are afraid of what they won't- don't understand. The thought of a woman with magical powers is terrifying to old men in comfortable positions. Even without the fear of witchery, most nobles are uncomfortable Excuse me, uncomfortable with the thought of a woman monarch. The verdict will be assured. Her sentence will be handed down quickly. Mm-hmm. And so they say, but if the princes arrive and show he's alive, then that's exactly what Braga wants, Sir Ecton declared. So Sir Ecton is this knight. Um, I guess he's like a renowned knight in the, in the mm-hmm. kingdom. He can't find Alric. He's searched for days and couldn't locate him. He wants to draw him out before Alric has a chance to gather an army against him. He's counting on the prince's youth and lack of experience. He wants to manipulate the prince to react with emotion instead of reason. If he can't find Alric, he will lure the prince to him. And so they they have less than half of their forces at this point, and time is ticking, so they don't have enough time to gather their full armies and get to Medford in time to stop this this execution, right? Yep. Um, even if they only use the forces they have, the earliest they could be there wouldn't be until tomorrow evening, and Arista will be dead by then. <clears throat> yeah, so essentially they, they're they kind of at a standstill because they're saying, we'll send the army, but a, an entire army, a fleet, is going to take too long. You know? Mm-hmm. And by that time... Um, yeah, she, she would be dead at that point. Yep. Um, let's see, and then, uh, Jud, you know, Auric says, Judging from the mercenaries we encountered at the inn, I suspect the Archduke anticipates an assault and has strengthened his forces with purchased arms loyal only to him. He will likely have scouts and ambushes prepared, Ecton said. Um, so even if they do, you know, let's say they send a couple guys, you know, a little, a small fleet. Mm-hmm you're still sending multiple men and you know, they're, they're still going to be attacked and probably killed because they'll, they'll be outnumbered without an entire army. Mm -hmm. So it's a tricky, tricky situation. Exactly. So waiting, we'll surely see Arista burned at the stake. Now more than ever, I feel guilty for not trusting her. She saved my life. Now hers is in jeopardy and there's little I can do about it. He looked at Royce and Hadrian. 
I can't simply sit idly by and let him die, but to act prematurely would be folly. So he can't he can't go right now because they don't have enough forces, and uh, he yep. he like he will lose if he goes right now. So yeah, the most important thing for him right now is to stay and wait for their forces to gather and then come in strength. But at that point, it will be too late for Arista. So he walks up to the thieves. I have inquired about you two since we arrived. You've been holding that out on me. I thought you two were common thieves. So imagine my surprise when I discovered you two are famous. He glanced around the room at the other nobles. Rumor has it you two are unusually gifted agents known for taking difficult, sometimes nearly impossible assignments of sabotage, theft, espionage, and even, on rare occasions, assassinations. Don't bother denying it. Many in this room have already confided to me that they have used your services in the past. <laughs> <laughs> Adrian looked at the face and then around the faces of the men before them. He nodded uncomfortably. Not only were some of the men in the past clients, but some had been targets as well. <laughs> tell me mm-hmm. you are tell tell they tell me you are independents and are not aligned with any established guilds. It's no small feat to operate with such autonomy. I have learned more in the few hours from them than I did after days riding with you. What I do know, however, is, what I discovered for myself is that you saved my life twice. Once to honor a promise to my sister, and once for no reason I can discern. Last night you challenged the might of the Lord Chancellor of Melangar and came to my aid against a superior force of trained killers. <laughs> no one asked you to. No one would have faulted you for letting me die. You could expect no reward for saving me, and yet you did it. Why? I love that. I love that little, little part. Of his, um, his little monologue of like saying... You know, you guys are good people. Mm-hmm. Why did you Why did you do it? And Hadrian looks at Royce, who stood silent. Well, he began as he glanced to the floor. I guess we'd just grown kind of fond of you, I suppose. Or smiled and addressed the room. The life of the Prince of Melangar, the would-be king, was saved not by his army, not by his loyal bodyguards, nor by a grand fortress, but by two treacherous, impudent thieves who didn't have the good sense to ride away. Um... I am already deeply in your debt and have no right to ask, but I must beg you now to display the same poor judgment once again. Please save my sister, and you can name whatever price you wish. Ah, Ulrich. I love it. I love. I just love that little. That little. Yeah, that was awesome. He's he's acknowledging um, the skill of these guys. Acknowledging that they're good. And he's even he's begging them to do this for him, even though he has no right. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It, I love it's that. A very, he's the king, you know. He yeah, says, "I he, have no right to ask you to do it again." Yep, it's very, it's a very humble moment for Ulrich. Mm-hmm. Um, very sincere too. Yeah, yeah, very sincere. He he kind of realizes that they they mean a lot more to him now. You know, I mean they they have saved his life multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, you know, so it's just it's really cool. Yeah. And Royce is making <clears throat> another last minute good deed job. <laughs> Stuff supplies in his saddlebag. True, Adrian said, singing his sword belt over his shoulder. But this is the at least a paying job. You should have told him the real reason we saved him from Trumbull, because we wouldn't see the hundred tenants otherwise. That was your reason. <laughs> Besides, <laughs> how often do we get to do royal contracts? If word gets around, we'll be able to command top salaries. Word Kurtz gets around, we'll be hanged. 
Okay, good point. <laughs> but remember, <laughs> she did save our skins. If Arista hadn't helped us out of the dungeon, we'd be ornaments for the Medford Autumn Festival right now. I didn't say we weren't doing it, did I? Royce said. Did I say that? No, I didn't. I told the little prince we'd do it. Just don't expect me to be happy about it. <laughs> hey, Royce. I'm mad. I just don't want you. To, I just want you to make feel better. Make you feel better about your decision, Roy, Adrian said. Royce glared at him. Okay, okay. I'll see the. I'll see about the horses now. Uh, starting to snow a little bit. Um, so they get two of the swiftest stallions, and Ella prepares them a late night snack and a sizable travel meal, and uh, they kind of they leave. They leave Myron there at the Pickering Manor. I hope we will meet again soon, Myron told them as they peer, prepared their mounts. You two are the most fant fascinating people I've ever met, although I suppose that isn't saying a lot, is it? It's the thought that counts, Adrian told him, and gave the monk a bear hug, which caught the little man by surprise. As they climbed in their saddles, Ma Myron bowed his head and muttered a soft prayer. There, Hadrian told Royce, we've got Maribor on our side now. You can relax. Actually, Myron said sheepishly, I was praying for the horses, but I will pray for you as well. <laughs> I love that. <clears throat> Myron. Myron. Myron, Myron. His fascination with horses kills me. Yep, so all the nobles come out to see them off. Um, and uh, if you can't get her out, Pickering said, try to stall the execution until our forces can arrive. Once they do, however, you'd better have her secured. I'm certain Braga will kill her out of desperation. Oh, and one more thing. Don't try to fight Braga. He's the best swordsman in Melagar. Even for me. The Count slapped the elegant raper he wore at his side. This time I'll have my own sword, and the Archduke will feel its sting. I'll be leading the attack on Essendon, Alric informed them. It's my duty as ruler, so if you do reach my sister, and if I should fall before the end of this, let her know I'm sorry for not trusting her. Let her know. <laughs> let her know I loved her. Just kidding. <laughs> let her know I loved her and that she will make a fine queen. Tell her yourself, Your Majesty, Adrian assured him. And he says, I'm sorry about what I said to you before. You two are the best you two are the best royal protectors I could ever hope for. Now go, save my sister, or I'll have the you thrown back into my dungeon. <laughs> they bowed respectfully <laughs> in their saddles. They returned their horses, urged them into a gallop, they rode out of the gate into the cold black of night. And that, my friends, is the end of the chapter. That is chapter seven. Fields. It was a great chapter. <sighs> all of these are great chapters. They're all there hasn't been so a single. Good. There hasn't been a single chapter that I like have been bored with. Right. You know. You can see why I recommend but, this book to people. That's true. I love the uh, story arc for Auric. You know, we when we first met him, he was kind of just a little annoying prince boy who was just immature and full of himself and just just kind of dumb. You know, mm -hmm. his decision making wasn't the best, and now he's like this. He's he's got a serving of humble soup with oh yeah Royce and Hadrian who don't even mean to do it. You know. It's just who they are. Like the, you know, it's not like they're looking for praise from the king, right? They're, it's just they're just doing what they feel is best. Oh, and yeah, um, I love Royce makes it very perfectly clear that the king is not in charge when they're with him. Mm -hmm. 
when he, they're under his protection, yeah. when he's under their protection, he is not in charge. And like he makes sh- sure that the Auric is like he, he knows his place. And uh, mm-hmm. it's a new experience for Ulrich. All of this, all of the stuff that just happened to him is a new experience. He's never been threatened. His life has never been in, in danger. He has never had anyone speak back to him. Um, he's never met that freaking cool wizard guy, Ezra Haddon. And uh, he's just had, he's had a lot of life experience in the past couple days that have, has changed him, you know? And I think he had that long that long time to think about where he stands and uh, it kind of the weight of his station as king now has kind of started at least to settle upon him and he's starting to act the part a little bit. Exactly. <clears throat> you can actually look at Ulrich and, and see the royalty now kind of coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the- I like his character. I do. I do now. Which I, yeah, I like those like, characters. Ulrich, what a little stinker. I know. I, I love the characters that you can kind of you kind of hate at first and then you, you grow to love. Um I think those are those are the best characters in my opinion sometimes. Yeah. And yeah. and also with um I mean we all love Hadrian. Hadrian's kind of a good guy. He kinda he has a sense of trying to help people out and a good quality about him. Mm-hmm. But I also love Royce's character too. Cause I, Royce comes off as hard on the outside, mm-hmm. but at any point in time, Royce could have been like, screw this. I'm out. Right. <laughs> I don't have to be attached to Hadrian. You know, I can go make money somewhere. Mm-hmm. I can go do whatever I want, you know, but I, I feel like, and they do talk about the money here. Like, hey, right. this job is actually going to be paying. But in a way, they they joke. Every time money is brought up, it's a joke. It's kind of like just a light mannered topic. Right. You know? Royce so is I, all about the money, but at the same time, I think he, deep down, yeah, deep, deep down, maybe <laughs> past what he owned, like his own, like, in his subconscious, I think he likes doing good D jobs. I think he does, and we know that because of his view on elves. Right. He has sympathy for them, mm-hmm. empathy even. He, with that one lady, what was her name? That lady at the beginning that he's kind of. Oh, Gwen. Gwen, yeah. He's. I don't. I want to say he loves her, maybe, but he. He's got some stronger feelings for her than you would expect, right? Right. And then he's just doing this. So I, I, I really love Royce's character too because he, you know, he he reminds he reminds me of a lot of people like that who kind of come off and you know they they want you to view you as a hard shell, but on the inside, you know, they're they have good intention. So right, it's just cool to see. So Royce. Royce is kind of a little bit of an enigma <coughs> still at this point. You still don't yeah, know a lot cause... about him. You, I guess you don't know a lot about Hadrian either, but at least Hadrian, Hadrian's pretty transparent. Like I feel like, you know, he's mm-hmm. really open. He's like an open character. Like he just, he's available. 
and Royce is not, you know? Where, yeah. Where he will go up and talk to someone and have a conversation with them. Royce will sit in the corner with his hoods up, hood up and just brood, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, they're, they're complete opposites, and yet they work so well together. And I think there's that level of respect in their relationship as partners that Royce is like, I will... I will go and I will do this with you because you're my partner and you're my friend. And I don't think Royce has a lot of friends the way he is. I just don't, I don't mm-hmm. see someone like that having a whole lot of actual real friends. And I think Hadrian is a real true friend to Royce. And I yeah. think that's so rare in Royce's life that it's not something that he wants to give up easily. No, I agree. But that's all conjecture. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, we don't, I'm, I'm we hoping don't we find out more. <clears throat> you know, I'm I'm saying a lot, but who knows if it's true? Uh, I I'm trying. I'm tr- what I'm trying to do for you, Cajun, is I'm, I'm trying to provide you with <clears throat> a little bit of insight at the same time, and and I don't want to spoil things either. So, a lot. Don't take everything that I say about what these characters are doing as truth, because I'm not gonna. No, yeah. I'm not gonna say things. T- I'm not going to say some things about like characters that will give away parts of the story or parts of their development. Mm-hmm. So if there's something crucial that I know is going to happen um, or that I know this character is going to have happen to them, um, I may, I may put forth a couple like I'm trying to think of the right word, may like a couple theories um, for you to like chew on, but yeah, like when I when we're talking about like future future stuff or like things that we're conjecturing about right now, it might not be that way. So just keep that. No, in mind. yeah, I for sure know that. It's just uh, fun to. It's fun, fun to, to talk think. about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But All right. So, great chapter. So so next week, or I guess this week, yeah. depending on how you view it, this yeah. week's reading will be chapter eight, trials. Yeah. So you at home that are following along with us, Chapter 8, Trials, we're going to go back to Essendon Castle where Arista is awaiting a trial for her execution as a witch. And uh, honestly, now this is where I'm caught up to in my reading, so I don't remember this chapter whole ton, so I can't tell you if I absolutely love it or not, but we will see. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. I'm excited too. There's... (laughs) Hopefully there's going to be some good action. Yeah, we're starting to get towards a climax in the story, I think. Yes, we are. It's building up. It's building up. Um, we <sighs> are uh, always, as always, we're on Twitter. Uh, the handle's at MyFantasyFeast. You can email us at uh, podcast at gmail.com if you have any questions, uh, suggestions, theories. We'd love to hear your theories. Uh, things that you love, things that you hate. Uh, feedback you can leave us a review on itunes that'd be awesome we don't have any reviews yet we're still a very new podcast um things that you'd like to see on the show maybe books 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 book ideas um just in general give us what give your give us your thoughts tell me your thoughts that's <laughs> i knew a guy that would always ask me that he he would sit us sit me down if you'd like tell me your thoughts and i'd just be like <laughs> okay uh, okay. <laughs> uh, 
Sometimes I miss that guy. Anyways, Cajun, it has been a pleasure, as always, to talk to you discuss Theft of Swords. It's been a fun chapter to discuss. I hope you're enjoying this as much as, as I am. Um, to me or our readers or listeners? Everyone. You, you I, I mean, I'm directing this at you, but I, I am talking to the... I am. I really am. I, I love this book. And I love doing this podcast. It's all, it's super fun for me. I do too. I've nice... always felt like I've had a lot of opinions and things that I, I <clears throat> like talk about when it comes to literature and fantasy. And it's fun to sit down and have a conversation with it, a dedicated conversation about it. You know, that's true. Yeah. I agree. So thank you. Thank you for doing this with me. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we love you as always. Stay safe out there, buddies. Stay safe. Definitely wash your hands. Uh, and don't get too close to each other. Uh, be, be wise. Be wise. Just you know, be smart. Don't do I have stupid an idea. things. I have an idea. Uh, get a book and read it. If yeah. you're bored, right? Here's a, here's another idea. Get theft of swords if you're going to choose a book and read it. <laughs> there you go. I mean, I hope that if uh, like how many episodes is this in? Uh, Episode seven, I think, is this. This is episode seven. Yeah. Um, if, if seven episodes in, if you're listening to this and you haven't actually picked up the book yet, <laughs> you can catch up pretty quick. You should, hopefully, you should, you should definitely do that because uh, things are about to get even more spoilerly spoilery than they have been already. That's uh, very true. Things are going to happen, and we're going to talk about them. And if you don't haven't read it. Don't listen. Don't listen, buddies. You're gonna you're gonna yep. regret it. Yep. And my wife is actually on the third book now. She's on to the era of Novron, which is the best one. They're all so good, but the, the third one from start to finish is a masterpiece. It is so great. Um, I believe it. And I keep making the mistake of asking asking her if things have happened yet. And she's like, What? I'm like that doesn't happen in the second book. <laughs> like no, and I'm like oh yeah, no. no. So I kind of have to just keep my mouth shut now because I honestly I read them so fast usually, and I they all all the story topic like plot points they kind of merge together in my head. Um, so it becomes just a tangled mess, and I realize and I and I forget what's where. So yeah. things that happen, and I just like totally screw up luckily i don't think i spoiled anything for her but it's been kind of fun to talk to the talk to my wife about it as well she's she's reading him she's not a fantasy buff guys she is she's almost you could say anti-fantasy like it is not her genre she will read the the most fantasy she has read is harry potter and like yeah. I said, we talked about that at the beginning of the first episode i don't consider that epic fantasy so this is her first real epic fantasy series and she is loving it she cannot get enough of it <laughs> uh, which makes me so happy it just it feels it's like vindication you know i'm like yes she's reading it and she's loving it i told her she'd love it and she's loving it and she she comes up to me with all these theories she's like do this person and this person get together and i'm like maybe huh does this person have to does this per- happen to this person yeah, no, I don't know. And then 
I'm she she actually so sometimes I'm at my computer and her computer's in the same room as me and uh, she, when she's working and she'll listen to the book while she's working and I'll I'll stop what I'm doing and I'll listen along with her to see where she's at and the other day something one of the more tragic moments in the series happens and she's like oh no <laughs> she's like no 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 uh, oh, no I'm excited oh, no. oh man yeah it's oh. It's good. Anyways, I'll stop talking about my wife now, and we can we can end this podcast here. Alrighty, enjoyed it. You keep on listening along with us. We will continue to uh, do meet every week. Um, keep putting out some some quality, hopefully quality content for you guys. Um, Yes, sir. Give us a like, like us on Facebook, (laughs) and we will definitely, hopefully, see you next week. Yep, next week, Trials, Chapter 8. Be here here or or be square. Thanks for listening. Have a safe week. Yep, see you guys.